find out what goals your employees hold dear. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. It's me, Mike Vardy, your host, and this week on the program, I'm joined by Dr. Therese Houston. She's the founding director of the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at Seattle University, and we're talking about a variety of things, but focusing on her third book, which is called Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower, and what I really enjoyed about this conversation is we talk about the idea of feedback. She she talks about you know how communication works just you know in a variety of ways we get into that conversation quite deeply in this episode and i'm really really happy that i had the opportunity to chat with her so let's get to it here's my conversation with dr therese houston here on the productivity podcast so you've got the book let's talk make effective feedback your superpower and right out of the gate uh i'm gonna lean right into the productivity aspect of the show and I'm going to start with like, how does getting effective feedback help you out with your goal to be more productive? So in terms of getting effective feedback, it helps in at least two big ways. So first of all, if you're getting effective feedback, it, you don't have the emotional toll that you have or the emotional tax that you have if you're getting crummy feedback, right? Because if, if, your manager or a colleague delivers feedback poorly, then then you're so frustrated by it, right? You're defensive in the moment, but then afterwards, you you know you're talking about it with your partner. You find it hard to focus on your work. Um, you you find yourself thinking of perhaps ways that you can you need to extra prove yourself when when chances are you don't need to extra prove yourself. You just need to make some small change or you need to rethink something. But anyway, so it uses up a lot of emotional energy that could be directed towards doing your best work. So that's one problem. And then the other problem is, is when you get ineffective feedback, you don't get a chance to improve right away. Mm. Um, whereas if you get effective feedback, here, doors open, you now, you now know what your limiters are, you know, the area where you can most have new impact. I'll, I'll give you one example, a, um, someone that I interviewed 60 people for my, for my book. And uh, one of the people that I interviewed works in HR and in, in early in his career, he was about one year into a job and it was time for annual performance reviews. So he sits down with his boss and I'll, I'll call him um, Luis. So Luis sits down with his boss and he's expecting that it's been a great year because he hasn't received any critical feedback at all. And she reaches behind her on the desk, on the shelves, and she pulls out a binder, and he's never seen this binder before, and she opens up the binder, Mike, and she said, okay, so last February, you did this, and she turns a page, and in March, you said this in a meeting, and she turns a page, and he's going, why didn't you tell me? Why, why would you wait a year to give me this feedback? I could have been improving all this time. I, I would have only made that mistake once. And needless to say, Luis did not stick around to see what next year's binder was going to bring. But but it's an interesting illustration of how when a person doesn't give us feedback right away, there's just a huge missed opportunity. He could have been miles ahead in his own professional and personal development if she'd only given him that feedback sooner. And, and see, it's one of those things where I think people just figure that they're going to do it or they think, oh, well, I know I'll do it, but it just seems to fall through the cracks. I don't think, I mean, the idea of intention, right? You know, like uh, right. my, my, I intend to 
make sure that I put my best into, say, the annual performance review or just checking in to make sure, especially right now. I mean, we're, we're living in a world where remote work has been thrust upon a lot of people, right? So there's not, right. there's not this, this let's, you know, there's not this office space situation where, you know, the, the boss can come around and peek over the cubicle and check in on you. It's, it's now there's, there's digital divides there. Um, right. And so it, in terms of someone who is struggling to even put themselves in a position to remember or even focus on getting that feedback, um, this book is definitely going to help them. And and you, the way you've structured the book is interesting because it, it comes in two parts. And you even mm-hmm. have a section, in the book, like a part of the book that says getting the most out of this book. So if someone picks up the book, right. what it, what's the best way for them to go forward with it? Well, so there are two sections, as you've observed. The, there's there's a there's a section that's about mindset, and um, that's about moving from a script to a conversation, and that's more or less my, my probably the first third of the book, almost the first half, and then the second half of the book are practices. Um, I div- I give three different kinds of feedback, and then I give specific practices for each kind. So if I, I and I I wrote the book the way that I like to read books, right? I like mm. books that um, start with advice really early on. I don't know about you, Mike, but some business books that I've read, you know, the first 150 pages are convincing you that there's a problem, right? Yeah. And then, and then yep. you finally get to page 160 and now we're finally getting to the strategies, which is why you picked up the book in the first place. Right. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get to strategies right away. So I think I start with strategies like on page 35 or something, but the beginning of the book is really like, if you have the right mindset about feedback that alone is a game changer. You can improve even without having a single specific piece of language that you're going to use in your conversation. Simply shifting your mindset will shift how you approach the conversation. Mm-hmm. So if if I if I were a manager and I had an important Zoom call next week where I was going to be giving feedback to an employee, um, I would I would take a look at that first part of the book because simply changing my mindset will will help me step into the right language. I'll I'll, I'll frame some things differently. I'll be thinking about my employees differently. That's where I would start. But I completely understand you might have some manager who's like, oh gosh, I've got I've got to give someone some really bad news. Does she have anything on how to give bad news? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you would probably skip towards the end of the book, which focuses more on if you've got a really negative evaluation to give someone how how to go about that. Well, and I think you brought up the idea of mindset first, and in some instances, you may not necessarily have control over methods. You might, you know, you may have to get the mindset so you can work within the methods that already just say in the in the company culture that you work with, right? I mean, I've been reading the book, which I can't believe I didn't come across before, called The Goal, right? Which is about, you know, and most of that book, which is from 1984, so it's an older wow. book. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I can't remember who I'm the author. It down. Right? It's it's called The Goal. Uh, uh, the the process of ongoing improvement, and it, it basically focuses on the idea of the theory of constraints. Mm. And and while I understand that theory, I did not realize that this this book was like that. Plus, this book is is written in a fictional style, which is another way oh. that you can use to learn. But what what is interesting at the beginning of that book, and I find you're right, the best books are the ones that say, okay, listen, here's some mindset stuff, and that you can have that aha moment out of the gate, and then that carries over to maybe the methods that already exist within the company that you work with that you may not have as much control or command over or things you're already doing that you can apply that to and make it better. Right. So, um, but there are three kinds of feedback that you touch on. And I want to get into that because I think most people, when they think of feedback, they, they, there is already some confusion and maybe some combination there that they're, they can't filter. And I think that what, when I was going through the book, 
Um, there are three different elements of it that I think people really need to know so that way they can give and, and, and not only give, but get effective feedback back. So can you touch on those three elements? Sure. Yeah. But before I get to that, I want to go back to your earlier sure. point. I think you've got a great observation. Um, uh, I work with plenty of companies that don't have strong feedback cultures, but there are some really big companies, um, particularly tech companies have worked really hard to improve their feedback culture. And so they have a way they want you to do it, right? And as a manager, you might go through eight different training sessions on on how to give good feedback. And, and I and those mindset chapters will be helpful because you'll be able to say, HR wants me to give feedback this way. But if I take this mindset, I can I can now approach those conversations in a much more enlightened way. I can use language that HR has, but now I've got a different mindset and that's going to be communicated in your nonverbals. It's going to be communicated in how you frame the conversation. So absolutely right um, that it, it allows more flexibility if your company has a way they want you to do it. So great point. Um, in terms of the three the three types of feedback, so I got this idea from Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. She, yeah, Sheila Heen, and she they are professors at Harvard uh, Law School, and they teach negotiation. And they've got this great book called "Thanks for the Feedback." Or, have you ever seen this one? I ha- I, I've I've come across it before, but basically just in, in, at a glance. Yeah, sure. So it's a book on how to how to be a better recipient of feedback. It's not about how to give feedback, but how to be a better feedback receiver. And they they make this nice distinction between three different types of feedback. And I find it so useful because most of us, whether we're an employee or a manager, just think about feedback as positive feedback or negative feedback or positive feedback and constructive feedback. And Stone and Heen make a distinction that I like much better because really, you know, if you're the employee, you know whether it's positive or negative. That part's really clear to you. You know, you don't need anyone pointing that out. But they make it a much more useful distinction, and that is three types of feedback. Appreciation, which would be what most of us might would call positive feedback. That's praise. That's what you're doing well. This is what I want to see you doing more of, Mike. Um, coaching, which would be advice. Here's Here's – Here's how to help you get where you need to go. Here's how to help you get where you want to go. And then evaluation, which is telling someone where they stand. So that might mean, are you in line for that promotion that you're hoping for this year? Um, How do you compare to the other nurses on your floor? Uh, How was your presentation relative to what we expect for someone at your level? What any of those, it's a where you stand conversation and that Mm -hmm. can be a positive or a concern conversation that you're not quite where we need you to be or where you want to be. Um, But those are the three types, appreciation, coaching, and evaluation. As you go through the book and one of the things that I, when you get to that second part, because the the idea of the practice. So this is when, like you said, you want to get into the nitty gritty. You need to solve this situation right away. One of the things that, that, keyed on me right away was the fourth practice that's mentioned in this book. Mm. There's several of them. But the idea of biases, and this shows up all mm-hmm. the time in my work, all the time, because people, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, well, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way we're going to do it. Or there's no way that I can change the way I look at my to-do list because I have to look at it by priority level or I have to look at it by due date. And that's what it, mm-hmm. a due date is a due date. Is. So it just becomes like there's, mm-hmm. and there's this this app, which I allude to a lot in, in my work called Pocket Biases. And you just Google mm-hmm. it and you find it and it lists like just tons of biases that are out there. Mm-hmm. And when it, that came up, it just accept that you're biased and be vigilant. So mm-hmm. what what does that mean? And and how how do you, in, in that coaching realm, because that's what the, the type of feedback it falls into, mm-hmm. how do you f- keep yourself from falling prey 
to the biases that you're going to fall prey to because you're just a human being. And I'm I'm so glad you put it that way. It's because you're just a human being. Um, these I'm talking about unconscious biases, which it sounds like you're talking mm-hmm. about as yep. well. Um, and you know there there are jargony definitions of unconscious bias, but the but my favorite is the easiest one to remember, which is unconscious bias is leaning towards some people and leaning away from others. Right. And that means that you're going to notice things differently. You're going to remember and you're going to interpret their behaviors differently if you're leaning towards them versus leaning away from them. And one of the main reasons I was excited to write this book is there's just data coming out of so many different industries that men and women get different kinds of feedback at work. And um, it's unconscious bias. It's not that managers sit down and say, well, I'm meeting with Tom today, so <laughs> I'm going to give him great feedback. Whereas tomorrow when I meet with Melissa, I won't give her good feedback. Or nobody thinks that way. Um, but instead, there is, uh, there's, a, there's a consistent pattern that um, men get better feedback at work in, in a couple of different ways. Um, I also look at some racial bias, but there's more evidence on gender bias. But if you'd like to hear about the racial bias, we can talk about that. But the, the gender bias in, research is interesting. So um, one pattern is that men get more specific praise and criticism than women do. Now, I'm not saying that every guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're, I'm not saying that you and every other guy on the planet um, always gets brilliant praise that's specific and launches your career, right? Right. I'm not saying that. I know you probably have gotten vague praise too. But um, when a team at uh, Stanford analyzed the actual performance reviews of men and women, they found that women were more likely to get phrases such as, you're a great team player, or keep doing what you're doing. Um, with no with no elaboration, right? Like there's there was no like keep doing X. Whereas the men were more likely to get comments that said, you know, when you did this with you know when you presented these findings to this client, you increased our chances of getting that contract. That's such more specific praise, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it it leads it tells me about my impact. It tells me about which behavior and why it was important with whom. Whereas women are told, you know, you you have a real impact with clients. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I guess I'm glad to hear that. Um, but it doesn't doesn't tell me which behaviors to repeat or which behaviors I sh- are are you know my superpowers. And so, so that's one. There's there's other types of bias that I'd be happy to talk about. But just this fact that managers are inadvertently giving more specific praise and more specific criticism and by and by criticism you know they they would let men know so when we're making design decisions um, you need to come in more prepared into those conversations because right now it sounds like you're talking off the cuff right wow that's really specific feedback right mm-hmm. um, whereas women are are more likely based on these um, analyses of performance reviews they're simply told you need to come in more prepared uh, what mm-hmm. <laughs> for what right um and they're and, and and they're left hanging around the details and so that makes it much harder for them to know okay how can i improve and my leadership material you know you're more likely to feel frustrated and feel like maybe i don't belong here whereas men have a, a much more specific uh runway towards success they, they they know what steps they need to take and like i said I, um as far as we can tell it's inadvertent managers don't mean to give men more concrete and specific feedback but now that we know that that's a pattern i want to bring it to people's attention so that they can catch themselves and avoid that mistake are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team 
I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And now let's take a break from my conversation with Dr. Therese Houston to talk about our sponsors. We're at that time of year where resolutions have fallen by the wayside. And if they haven't yet, then 
you know, it, it's getting closer to that time where it just happens. You know, life happens, things happen, stress, overwhelm, all those things happen and they, they can really interfere with your happiness. Well, what, what interferes with yours? What prevents you from achieving your goals? Is there something that's doing that for you? Well, I mean, I know that I always felt that I was hitting a, a ceiling. I felt like I was just at a tipping point, a breakthrough, and then either I was getting in my own way or fear was stopping me or imposter syndrome. There's a whole bunch of different things, not just with work stuff either, but with my personal life. And that's where BetterHelp came in. See, BetterHelp will assess your needs and and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And BetterHelp's been a fantastic resource for me to use. I've been able to connect in a safe and private online environment. And you can too. It's incredibly convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, it's, it's not a crisis line. And it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online and you don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. And depending on where you live, that can be a real factor. There are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in a wide variety of areas such as anxiety, sleeping, grief, anger, stress, and anything that you share is confidential. BetterHelp is convenient. BetterHelp is professional. BetterHelp is affordable. And rather than just hear it from me, you can also check out all of the testimonials that are posted daily on their website. And in fact, there are so many people that have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Now, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener of the Productivity is Podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. Join over 1 million people, myself included, who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash timecrafting. Do it today. I've been waiting for a long time to be able to share this with you, and I'm glad I'm able to do it now because I want to give you something. I want to give you the gift of time. A few years ago, I wrote an ebook called The Gift of Time, and I put it out for free on my website. It was a PDF, and it got a lot of great notice from people who downloaded it. And so I've updated it, given it a fresh new design, and I'd like to offer it to you as a listener of the Productivityist podcast. You can get it in both PDF form, you can get it in EPUB form, which means you'll be able to read it on any of the devices that you use, including Kindle. But also, because you're a listener, I figured you might want an audiobook version of it. So there's an audiobook version of The Gift of Time as well. All you need to do to get The Gift of Time is go to productivityist.com slash free book. We'll have a link to that in the show notes to make it easier for you so that you can get The Gift of Time. And, and you can get all three different varieties, the different platforms, the different formats that you need to read the book. Again, the PDF, the EPUB, and of course, the audiobook. So head to productivityist.com slash free book now to get the gift of time today. If you're listening to this episode as soon as it has been released, then we are less than a week away from my live event gone virtual for 2021, The Big Ready. Featuring 29 presenters offering keynotes, workshops, and panel discussions, as well as a midnight momentum session for night owls, some opening and closing events, and also a workshop for VIP members that takes place on the 6th of February, The Big Ready is designed to get you moving forward in the months ahead. 
I'm really excited to bring this to you. I've got a wide variety of amazing friends that have joined me to bring you this event from Chris Bailey to Laura Vanderkam to Courtney Carver, Patrick Roan. Uh, the guest you're listening to right now, Therese Houston, she's going to be there at the Big Ready and we're less than a week away. So if you're interested in joining us at the Big Ready and know full well that you're going to get recordings of every keynote, workshop, and panel. So even if you can't be there live, you're going to have access to all of that stuff forever. I want you to head to thebigready.com right now and pick up your ticket. Tickets are just $99 for general admission, which gets you access to all of the opening and closing parties and the and the February 2nd event, or you can go VIP and get the half-day workshop with yours truly that takes place on Saturday, February 6th for just an additional $200. For $299, you get access to that, and there's limited opportunities to be part of that workshop as well. So again, I'd love to see you at The Big Ready. So head to thebigready.com now and pick up your ticket today. Now, while The Big Ready is designed to help move you forward, what if you don't know where to start? Like, when it comes to, say, improving your health, you know, there are thousands of health strategies available, but identifying which one works for your body is difficult. And that's where MetPro comes in, because according to MetPro, the key to seeing results is to master your metabolism. And I know this to be true because I've used MetPro and it was the the program, the way for me to get in better shape, just the understanding of it all and really uh, helping me move towards my healthier goals, MetPro locked it down for me. And I'm glad that I'm back on board with MetPro because with MetPro, your metabolism isn't just some mystery. It's a data point and I love data. You know, (laughs) you're armed with hard science. You know, MetPro is your health concierge, delivering one-on-one coaching and personalized nutrition and fitness regimens. That's key, the personalized component. You see, it's not just about weight loss. MetPro's coaches provide busy professionals like you, me, athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. So also like you and me with the support and education that they need to live a healthier life. Uh, MetPro's team of experts, they've worked with the most recognizable name in sports, entertainment, and business. And not just name, but names. They've worked with a bunch of people. And they've helped thousands of individuals transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism. You know, the thing about it is when some people hear about that, they're like, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could be like that athlete, that professional. But you can. MetPro makes it accessible to you. And recently, they've launched a new tool that allows you to experience the same science and tailored strategies that their expert use. Yeah, and recently, they've launched a new tool that allows you to experience the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. This isn't a food logging tool or workout app. The MetPro app allows you to start tracking analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, if you're looking for a high-touch experience working with a metabolic expert or if you want access to the tools their industry-leading coaches use, then visit metpro.co slash timecrafting to take their assessment and speak with their team to learn which option is best for you. Now, listeners of the Productivities Podcast will also get up to one month free when they sign up. It's well worth it. Head to metpro.co slash timecrafting to take advantage of this opportunity now. That's metpro.co, that's C-O slash timecrafting to take advantage of what MetPro is offering you today. Now let's get back to my conversation with Dr. Therese Houston here on the Productivityist podcast. Nuance, 
is can be dangerous too, right? Like nuance can be a real. It can be. I as I, as as you were talking about this, I thought of well, like nuance when it comes to feedback. Even you know, and and you touch on this, I think a little bit in the in the sixth practice, the idea of separate your observations from your stories. That so, like say for example, if you're not being clear enough with a person, and, and your nuanced sure. is more based on a generic kind of observation, right? Or it's right, or it's right. or it's something you can relate to. And I mean, I'll give you an example with my own work. So if I and we talked about this a little bit off the top, the idea of having blind spots in our own work where we, when we're getting feedback from somebody and we we approach it from our vantage point with our own nuance in mind and they're like, I'm sorry, you're what? I don't understand. Yes. You have to remember that you're talking to somebody who has never done this before or that it's the same principle, I guess, when people write down on their to-do list, you know, right. set up cable and it's really a project, not one task and if you were Not to give that step. right and so right. if it, there's nuance involved that can get missed or there's nuance that only you understand and that can cause uh you know ineffective feedback or and even an ineffective communication absolutely and it's interesting because if if i as a manager give you some of the nuance behind my feedback if i explain in more detail the impact that you had or the thing that you did in that meeting that i think might have caused a bad impression of you now as an employee i i feel like wait okay we can have a really constructive conversation about this if i can get over my defensiveness that is i can i can we can really dig into the specifics of what happened whereas if there's no nuance if i simply say um you know elena um, you know, I'm just, I'm just not sure you're as effective with clients as you mean to be mm. like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas if you'd give me something really specific about, um, how, when I negotiate with clients, uh, I start with too low of an offer. Now that's something very specific that we can brainstorm. Why might I start with too low of an offer? Who have I seen do that? Right. Mm -hmm. But if, if you just give me these vague labels without any nuance there, I'm, I, I don't even, I'm not even feeling like I can ask you more questions, right? right. I, I just feel like I, I feel kind of lost and adrift. So the more specific you can be as a manager. Now, I, I do want to say, Mike, you know, I should should say a mistake that I've seen people make, um, and this is could be going in the opposite direction, would be when people get out their list, you know, they're going to bring up something like, they're going to say, uh, you know, um, Alex, you've been a bit aggressive, um, in our, our Friday morning meetings. And then they get out their list of the 43 times it's happened, right? Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's going in the opposite direction of nuance where the other person is is now overwhelmed and saturated and they feel like, why didn't you bring this up on the second time or yep. the third time, you know, right? So so there is, there, you know, there is a level of specificity that's going to be helpful for people. Having an itemized list is simply going to make the person more irritated. Um, bringing it up close to the first or the second time that it happens, you're going to you're going to have a much more productive conversation. And see, I'll circle back to the idea of these are the kind of things that don't get the attention they deserve, right? They mm -hmm. they they're mm -hmm. it, it's 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 it falls into the 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 area of. I know I need to do this. Let let's use the yearly review as an example. I mean, sure. the two things that 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 I can think of that correlate with that would be the yearly review and then taxes. Like no one works on their taxes <laughs> until the month that taxes are due, right? Instead right, of making right. incremental adjustments every weekly, right. let's say, or even on a cadence that, and I think again, the cadence that makes sense to you, right? And I think that's important right. to understand too, right? Like what, what cadence is, but you need to step back and take time to make that happen, don't you? You need to figure out, okay, 
what when do I need to deliver this and how do I deliver this so that they don't get overwhelmed with the with you know 43 instances all at once maybe that they don't get overwhelmed at all because you've spread it out or you've had these constructive conversations and I remember when I worked at, at Costco one of the lessons I took yeah. away from my assistant warehouse manager was if you're going to come to me with a problem come to me with mm. a solution to the problem at the same time mm, that that's right. that's valuable feedback in in some respect because what it says to me is yes I have a problem but he's also saying I'm empowering you to at least deliver something that might be able to solve it. We might not be able to use that, but right. at least you've you've taken the steps. And maybe you're going to fill in a, a blind spot that I didn't see because maybe you have more area, you're closer to the, sure. you, you know, that kind you're, of thing. You're on the floor, right. You right, see right, this, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, and so can I, it, I've got a story that I think is sure. just, you know, it's both shocking um, and yet it's a true story. And it's so illustrative of what happens if you if you sit on feedback for too long. So because one of the key principles in the book is, you know, make your motto no surprises, right? <laughs> like yeah. you, don't, you don't want there to be surprises at the annual review time. You want, you know, you want to have been bringing up issues that, that you want people to be working on all year long. So um, one of the women that I in interviewed is an engineer, and she uh, she goes by Eileen in the book. And when Eileen was early in her career, and a lot of these really big experiences happen early in people's career, I think, when they um, uh, are, are relatively new and, and aren't perhaps nuanced at getting the feedback that they learned to get later in their career. But anyway, she's early in her career. She, she, it's annual performance review time. And she walks in and she's expecting at least a raise, maybe a promotion, because she has just saved a manufacturing plant from being closed down. She was in charge of research and development. And um, all the other plants um, that this company owned had switched to a new technology. They hadn't switched that plant that she oversaw. They hadn't switched that plant to that technology. And as, as the lead person for research and development, she figured out a way, so brilliant Eileen, to take that technology and repurpose it to create a new product, a new technology that no one else had. And once it was created, there was a clear need. Oh, fabulous, right? So she had, she had just saved a whole bunch of jobs, as well as she's feeling very proud of herself for applying her degree in such a creative and productive way, right? So she shows up for her annual performance review. And of course, this had taken and most of the year to get this technology figured out, sure. get it tested, and get it right. So, so this has been going on for a while. It's not like it had happened that week. So she shows up for annual performance review, expecting that she's going to get, like I said, a raise or a promotion. And and her boss is like, Eileen, I don't know what to tell you. You're 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 viewed as such a problem child. And she's like, What? <laughs> wait, wait, I'm a, I'm a problem. <laughs> and and he and he says like, you know. I, I, you, you're just really hard to work with. That's what I keep hearing from people. And she's like, wait, are you saying like I push my team too hard? And he's like, nope, that's not it. And she, she's asking questions because he's being somewhat vague. She, she finally puts the pieces together. He never says this out loud, but basically she was making him look bad because he was promoting this new technology that all the other plants had. And what she had done was shown that the old technology had more value than the company realized. So this was making him look bad 
but he never told her this, right? Mm. He'd had, she'd been working on this for a year to revolutionize this technology to make it more useful and not outdated. And whether he was too busy, I mean, who knows what was going on for him that he wasn't paying attention. But what a terrible situation for both of them, right? Because now he's trying to justify why they need to move to the new technology. Um, she's frustrated because she thinks that she has accomplished such a great thing and she has for those people whose jobs she saved, but she's made her boss look bad. She certainly ruined her chances of promotion within that company. And, um, it, you know, there could have been such a better outcome all along if there had been regular conversations between him and her around, okay, wh what are you doing? No, I don't, you know, we, we, we don't want the wheels to actually fall off the bus, Eileen, <laughs> mm. but we're all, we're all getting on the new train. We're no longer on the bus, right? Um, and if there had just been better conversations all along, right, this awful experience for both of them wouldn't have happened. I want to talk a little bit about intention because I mentioned attention, but I, I, and as I said, I'm a big fan of intentions. And one of the things you talk about, I'm going to jump back in the book a little bit to where you, you discuss that it's important for people to kind of either say or declare their good intentions out loud. Why is it so important to do that in such a vocal way? Well, I love your line, you know, on your on your website, you say productivity is the partnership between intention and attention. And I just love that. Um, and one of the reasons that it's so important to say your intentions out loud in a feedback conversation is because you are showing that you're paying attention to what matters to the other person. Um, so let's say, I don't know, maybe Mike, let's pretend that you were going to, you want to give me the feedback that I need to improve my technology on Zoom meetings, right? Let's right. say that was feedback you had for me. Um, if you simply told me that mm -hmm. <laughs> at the, you know, very end of our, of our conversation here, you know, I might feel really defensive, like, well, you, you don't know how hard I worked to prepare for the Zoom meeting or whatever it might be, right? Right. Um, whereas, Mike, if you had said, you know, Therese, I really want people to be focused on all the expertise that you bring to this conversation. It's just, it's incredible. And there's so much people can learn from you. But I think people might be distracted by your, your tech skills. They, they lag behind your, your, all this expertise that you have. Now I'm like, oh my goodness, Mike, thank you for bringing this up, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're paying attention to something that matters to me, which is I want people to see me as an expert. Um, and you've latched onto that goal of mine. Um, even if you didn't know that that was a goal of mine, you probably could have guessed it, right? Mm -hmm. And so bec because you're paying attention to me and something that matters to me and you're saying you want something good for me, now now we're on the same team, right? We're, right. We're, now, now, now collaborate with me, coach me, you know? <laughs> which which parts of my, my Zoom meeting skills do I most, most need to improve, right? So it really, it demonstrates that you're paying attention to something that matters. I've got a couple more questions, but there's one that as we were talking about this, is as I go through looking through the book and, and, and realizing, you know, there's the elements of like part one, moving from a script to real conversation and then the practice, you could use this on yourself, couldn't you? Mm. Oh, interesting. What do you mean? Same so point. you could you could apply these tactics, both the first the mindset, because the mindset, if it starts with you, then the, you're going to be walking the talk, right? right but also right. all of the practices that you discuss if you're creating a conversation between the person that's asking, you know, that's basically trying to get the feedback, right? Like let's mm -hmm. let's let's get the feedback, but also right. giving it. So mm -hmm. almost separating, you know, you as the let's say the entrepreneur and the employee situation. Right. So you're running your sure. own business. Uh, yeah. You're a solopreneur, and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I need CEO Mike Vardy to talk to 
employee Mike Vardy. And oh. so it, uh, I think that the, like, as I'm looking through this, it's like, not only right. will, to, to that end, I think obviously this works externally, but from, right. from everything that we've been talking about and everything that, right. especially in this day and age when there's a lot of, oh my goodness, I'm at home by myself kind of situation. Yes. This, this I think would work internally, but also I think it would, uh, once you know your own, then it even mm -hmm. heightens the superpower of it. Uh, you know what I mean? I love it. I love I love this notion of seeing as yourself with different roles because we do, right? We all have mm -hmm. to wear multiple hats, particularly for entrepreneurs or a, a small business. Um, and I think it's you know of of the, of when I think about some of the different lessons that are most applicable to apply to yourself, or that, it, that where you could get the biggest bang for your buck in applying to, it to yourself, is there's a mindset that we often go into feedback conversations with where we're thinking. This is an ingrained quality. This person is always going to be this way. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, yep, yep. Amanda's Amanda's always stubborn in meetings. <laughs> or, um, uh, you know, William's a bit unprofessional, and there's nothing. You know, you're, he's going to share those inappropriate stories, right? <laughs> yep, <laughs> but yep. you have you 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 jump to these conclusions about someone is always going to be this way, and you know this taps into Carol Dweck's work around the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. um, if if you can see yourself as, a, you know, that's that's how I was in that meeting, but I can learn, I can grow, I can, you know, maybe, maybe I, I was a bit unprofessional, but I can learn from that next time I won't be, right? And so being able to coach yourself, being able to step back and say, okay, CEO um, Mike is looking at uh, the financial analyst Mike and trying mm -hmm. to offer some advice on on how we're going to handle financials going forward and and being able to say oh well it, maybe it's not my strength yet but it's going to become my strength or it, I can certainly get better at it um, I, I really like the notion that instead of going into our work as I'm going to do my very best today going into it as all right I'm going to do better today than yesterday yeah and it's, it's it's just it's so much more empowering our last question before I let you go uh, sure. I always generally end every episode with this but if someone listening to this episode right now says, you know what, I really want to work on making effective feedback, something that I can, you know, say is my superpower and I get better at it, what's one action that they can take today that's going to move them that much closer to that goal? You know, the one one piece of, of, of advice that I would ask, something that I, I'm guessing a lot of managers aren't doing right now, so that's why I'm going to land on this piece of advice, is to find out what goals your employees hold dear. Um, maybe it's that they want to make sure they can end work at five each day so they can really pivot towards their family. Um, maybe it, that goal is that they, uh, when when the pandemic is over, they would really like to have travel be a greater part of their work. Um, maybe that goal is that they want to be seen as the, the tech expert on the team. What find out something that they would they wish were different in their professional lives six months from now mm. or some wish that they could fulfill a year from now. But but getting really specific about that conversation and not just like the, you know, often there's an HR question about, you know, what are your goals for the coming year? And 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 people often fill that out in such vanilla ways, right? Right. But in, but instead to have the real conversation like, okay, look, if if you could change one thing about your work life, 
what would it be? And really let that person know you care about the answer to that. And the reason that I say that's one important thing that you can do is because once you know a goal that person holds dear, you can now attach your feedback to that. So if someone says their goal is to become the tech expert on the team, Great. All right. Now when something comes up, I can say, okay, so I know you want to be a tech expert or be seen as a tech expert. And right now this is, this is hurting your credibility, or this is something that people are going to ask questions about. If, if I say that you're, that our tech lead on the project, they're going to be wondering like, but wait a second, what about X or what about that time he did Y? So simply knowing about the goals that someone has allows you to attach your feedback to that goal and say, look, I want to help you get to this important goal that you have. Here's one of the things I see standing in your way. And that person will be so much more motivated to change because you've attached it to a goal that you know they hold dear. The new book is called Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback, Your Superpower. Teresa Houston, thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. This has been such fun, Mike. Thank you. I'd like to thank Teresa Houston for joining me on the program today. Again, all of the links that we talked about are in the show notes. You can follow her work there, but you can also see her at The Big Ready, which I've talked about earlier in the program. Just head to thebigready.com to make that happen. You don't want to miss a single episode of the Productivity is Podcast. We've got a great week coming up, a bonus episode, so you're going to get a daily dose of productivity because it's the big ready week. So we have little short preview, little short episodes, little daily bites for you all week long leading into next week. But when you subscribe to the podcast, you get access to the entire back catalog of episodes as well. So I want you to subscribe to the podcast today. Just wherever you are listening to this podcast, just hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss a single episode and you can easily find past episodes that might benefit you. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate it. And until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later.